I've never really talked to anyone about this before. Partially because I didn't think anyone would believe me, and partially because I'm still not entirely sure what happened myself. But what happened that night has definitely stuck with me, no matter how dreamlike it may seem in hindsight. In those memories, it was as real to me as the nose on my face. That kind of terror doesn't just go away so easily, no matter how hard your brain tries to rationalize it. In order to understand the situation better, here's some context. I work as a closing manager for an old retail store, one of the chains of stores that died off in the early 2000s, and only a few locations still exist. It's always nerve-wracking trying to keep our sales up and the doors open, but since we're so far out from any overseeing corporation, we're allowed to function on our own, making decisions and store changes as we please. Because of this, we're all more like friends than co-workers, and we have each other's backs whenever something comes up, be it a problem customer or a surprise visit from our regional manager. The thing about the store is that we don't have a lot of firm rules and regulations that we uphold on the day-to-day -day aside from keeping the store in order, helping customers, and making sure the tills don't go over a certain dollar amounts without being pulled and reset. All the usual sort of stuff. When it comes to closing the store, there's a rule that requires us to always leave the store in parts. That means whenever there is anyone in the store closing up, or anyone going into the parking lot at night, we need to exit in pairs. The other managers always speculated that it was some corporate policy to keep managers from stealing from the safe, or someone from getting mugged in the parking lot. To be honest, none of us really minded the rule all that much, as it protected us from being suspected of theft, and the area is actually a bit dicey at night. I always followed this rule pretty diligently, until one night a few associates were going to get some drinks and wanted to head out early. They invited me to go along, but I still had tills to settle and the safe to deal with before I could leave. In hindsight, if I knew then what I know now, I never would have stayed there alone. I would have had them stay a bit longer with me, and we could have all gone out together, around on me for the delay. Uh, but as they say... Hindsight's twenty twenty. I didn't make them stay. I let the others out and told them to have a good time as I locked up the front doors behind me. What happened next was a series of bizarre events that I still think about to this day. After locking up the front door and the shutter gates behind me, I went back to the cash office to finally settle the till for Register 1. Normally, I listened to music on my phone while I did this, as the store music could be heard through the walls of the cash office and was getting pretty annoying, but my phone was at 3% at that point, and I didn't want to drain it completely useless unless I needed it on the way home. The funny thing about the terrible music they played in the store is that there are only two ways to turn off the music. The most common way being to pick up one of the store phones and use the intercom to just silence it out with the white noise. This wasn't uncommon among the older managers who'd worked there for years, as they hated listening to the overly poppy, out-of-date music after hours. The second way to turn that awful music off would be to go into the electrical closet, locate the correct switch, and turn it off manually. But that was more dangerous, as nothing is clearly labeled, 
and flipping the wrong switch could cause the power loss to our computers, registers, or even our security alarm, automatically calling the alarm company and local PD. Needless to say, we usually avoid doing that, and just opt for the intercom system, leaving a phone off the hook, just remembering to put it back before we leave for the night. This night, I just let the music play, as it didn't bother me as much as the quiet world, and I was hoping to finish up and be out of the store shortly. I mention this detail because, just as I was finishing up the verification of the first register, I realized that the music had stopped playing. I wasn't sure when exactly it happened, but it was like one minute I saw the sun was droning in the background, and then silence. I turned around to look at the monitor behind me that showed one aisle in the store leading all the way to the doors out back, where our break room and receiving are. The monitor was a direct feed to the one and only camera in the store, and despite the recording in progress sign displayed on the aisle's corresponding monitor, it couldn't be farther from the truth. Our store didn't have the funds for more cameras, let alone a way of storing recordings, so all we had was a live feed. The monitor was displaying the aisle as well, empty, except for the occasional buzzing line that would roll down the screen. I thought it was strange that the radio was off, and began to wonder if maybe someone had been left behind in the store. It's true that I hadn't walked the store after locking up, and I never checked the break room to make sure everyone had left as a group. I started kicking myself in the back for not making sure, although in the back of my mind I was playing out everyone's faces as they left, and I had been so sure they were all together. Leaving the cash office, I shut the door behind me and stepped out into the main store area, half expecting to see a grumpy employee ready to be let out. But there was no one near the front. I thought of calling out to see if anyone was around, but for some reason, my gut told me not to. I'm not sure if it's from all the crime shows I watched growing up or what, but I scanned the areas of the store that I could see and found no one. So I walked over the keypad by the door and watched the display to make sure our back entrance was locked down correctly. The display cycled through each point of security in the store. Area 1, armed a receiving area in the back of the store, area two, ready to arm. The cash office that I'd just come from, area three, ready to arm. And finally, the alarm for the store's entrance, and the motion sensor that engages when we leave for the night. All seemed to be in order there, so there's no way someone could come in from the outside. With that realization, I relaxed a bit of the tension that built up in my shoulders, I hadn't noticed it was there until I let go. I thought I should do a walk of the store and check the break room just to make sure no one had been left behind back there. I was a little freaked out at first, but started relaxing when I reminded myself about the alarms on the exits, the locked doors, and shutters keeping anyone that might want to get in out. Despite all the rationalizing, however, I couldn't fully relax that last bit of concern I had in my gut. The silence stretched across the store served as a reminder that something was still off. Kicking myself in the back again for letting everyone go early and not checking the store properly, I grabbed a pair of dull scissors from the customer service desk and went about checking all the phone receivers before heading out back. The phones were all on the hook, nothing out of the ordinary, aside from the silence. Somehow that didn't help settle my stomach at all. 
As I walked down the main aisle of the store, I peeked down each row, feeling like any minute I might pass by Rachel or Mark on their way to the front. Maybe we'd both have a laugh and say something like, You scared me, before heading out together. But I never did. Each empty aisle felt like another knot, twisting up my intestines. The eerie silence of the store stretching out for eternity. If you've ever been somewhere after hours that you shouldn't have been, you may know that feeling. Staying after school until the sun goes down, staying late at work by yourself, or falling asleep somewhere, like a bus or a train, and waking up to find you're all alone in a place that doesn't feel natural when it's so empty and quiet. Yeah, it's that sort of feeling. Like you're stepping into a place that you never should have been. At least, not without the comfort of numbers, or even some kind of ambient sound to break the sort of tension that builds up in a space like that. When I finally reached the back of the store, I felt like there was a pressure building up in me, like at any moment it was going to pop. I was so on edge at that point that I was practically begging to run into someone just to break the tension, just to shake that awful feeling of isolation and paranoia. As I pushed myself through the break room doors, a little more forcefully than I'd expected, I looked around to see any coats or bags left on hooks to denote the presence of another familiar person. But just as I thought, there was nothing there. No rolled-up snack bags from lunch, no purse, and no coats, or anything else to show that anyone had ever been there. Some part of me must have wondered in that moment if anyone had indeed been there before, at that moment, I felt more small and alone than I'd ever felt before in my life. Still, the silence stretched on, almost deafening in its weight at this point. I never thought there would be a time when I'd give anything to hear those terrible pop songs and outdated tracks. But there I was, a bundle of nerves and cooling sweat, wishing I could hear anything but my own tight breath. I gripped the nearly forgotten scissors in my hand to anchor myself, as if to shield me. I put them in front of me as I thought back through the alarms, the locks, the shutters. Nothing could get in. There's no way anyone would have been in the store with me, unless they were already in the store before we closed. As the thought crossed my mind, I felt my stomach drop. I'd never considered it before now, unless they were already in the store. My mind repeated over and over as I licked my dry lips. I'd been so concerned about someone breaking in that I'd never stopped to consider that they could have been there all along. I could hear my own pulse, and my fingers felt cold and clammy around the scissors. I could feel the tightness in my legs, and I tried to bring myself another step towards the receiving area. It was the only other entrance or exit from the store, and there was a phone in the back the only phone left that could be using the intercom system. I patted around my pockets with my free hand, realizing then that I left my phone in the locked office at the front of the store. I felt so stupid for not bringing it, and at the same time, I felt stupid when I thought about what I would do if I'd brought it. But would I call the police? And tell them what? That I got spooked after breaking protocol and staying in the store by myself? Would I call another manager in the late hours of the night? and asked them to come check out the store with me. The more I thought it over, the more alone I felt. I didn't know what to do, or what to think, but I decided I needed to at least know for sure what was happening. I shifted the scissors in my hand and 
stiffened up my back. I wasn't about to look like some fool getting scared of nothing. I was going to face whatever this was head on. After all, it could have just been the wind, or some hooligan messing around the store after hours trying to prank me, or do some silly overnight challenge you see online sometimes. Feeling a new sense of power from that thought, I pushed past the receiving doors with a measured degree of caution and confidence. The receiving lights are on a motion sensor, and after 45 or so minutes of inactivity, we'll drop into a dim eco-mode, where only a quarter of the lights remain on. I've been in this store for a few years now, and I've gotten used to this, being able to see easily in the dim light, and even knowing how to move through without triggering the old motion sensor. The lights were in eco-mode at this point, and somehow that took some of the weight off my shoulders, knowing that the lights had a long window of time before they timed out, one that surely would have been more than my store walk had taken, and knowing that anyone unfamiliar with our store would have set off the motion sensor made me feel a sense of safety. In that moment, I felt alone again. Not the terrifying loneliness I'd felt before, but a more secure, sort of independent feeling. I moved through the big room with ease, past the packing bays, and pallets of overstock, back towards the corded phone and receiving door. I could feel the tension from before slipping away as I walked through the space. It was familiar to me, and I felt safe again. The store had become like a second home to me over the years, and I felt like I knew all of its inner workings like the back of my hand. This was my turf, and any thought of another person looking around was all but put out of my mind as the room stayed dim and quiet. When I reached the phone, I saw that it had been knocked off the hook by a cute toy robot our inventory manager kept on the shelf above. I almost laughed at how silly I had been before. The toy must have just fallen and knocked the phone off its base. I put things back as they should be, still smiling about the whole situation as I went back towards the front of the store. This time, though, I'd put the toy on the opposite end of the shelf. As silly as it may have been, I'd had enough of a scare for that night to last me for a week. As I was walking up the long aisle leading to the front, I looked up at the monitor on the other end. Recording in progress. Yeah. Sure. I often watched that hazy monitor as I approached, thinking how lame it was, when we all knew full well it wasn't really recording anything. But as I smirked up at the monitor in my approach, I saw what looked like a flicker of light clicking on to the receiving door windows. I felt my blood run cold as the realization dawned on me that something had just set off the motion sensor light. Something big, and fast enough that the old, dim sensor couldn't pick up on. All at once, as my pulse picked up, I felt my feet carry me toward... I felt my feet carry me forward before I could even think to move them. I was running then, mindlessly trying to get as far away from whatever could have been back there. As I made it to the front of the aisle, nearly beyond the view of the monitor, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. With my last view of the monitor as I rounded the corner... I could see something barreling out to the two swinging doors I'd just come from. I never got a good look at it, but whatever it was, it was big. Big enough to flow through both of the huge doors with a resounding bang that echoed throughout the empty store. I didn't stick around to find out. I burst past the main office door and fumbled my manager keys into the lock of the cash office door. 
My heart was so loud in my ears it sounded like a thousand sets of feet thundering right behind me, like the hounds of hell reaching for my heels. When the lock clicked in one exuberant moment, I ripped the door open and wrapped myself tight around it, pulling it closed faster than I expected possible for the weighty storm door. As the door shut, I heard a loud thud as a massive pressure slammed against the other side. What followed was an onslaught of banging and crashing against the reinforced door. I never had a chance to breathe before I heard it. A sound so blood-curdling and horrible, I just stood there, frozen in terror, the blood like ice in my veins as every hair on my body stood on end. The sound was so far from human that it blew away any thoughts I might have had about hooligan pranks or intruders. As the pounding increased on the door and the unearthly screams filled the air, I thought again about the alarms, the locking doors, and the shuddering. They had given me a sense of safety before, thinking that if no one could get in that everything would be okay. But now, now that just terrified me even more. Whatever that thing was just beyond the door, it was big, inhuman, and starting to shake the door frame with its assault. Even worse, if I were to call for help now, no one could even get in to help without a key. I remembered my cell phone on the table beside me, like some kind of miracle in all of this. Without a second thought, I grasped for my phone and pulled up my contacts to call another manager. I knew Jake, the day manager, would be opening in the morning and had a key to open the doors. If I called him, he could come with the police and maybe do something about whatever was outside, now thundering what sounded like hundreds of thrashing limbs across the floor and walls of the main office hall. My battery was at 2% now, as I heard the dial tone on the other end of the line. As soon as the ringing started, the sounds from the hall went silent, an eerie sort of silence that followed such a cacophony of noise from before. The coils in my stomach tightened again at this. As the ringing continued, my brain ran through what was happening. Whatever that thing was out there, it wasn't human. But worse still, it wasn't just some animal. It could hear me in that office. It could hear the muffled scream of the dial through the steel. It could hear the muffled sounds of the dial through the steel door, through my cupped hand, through my body. It could hear all of that, and was now so deathly silent that had I not heard it there before, I might have never known it was ever there at all. Whatever it was, it was capable of hunting, in complete silence. And I thought then about the unease I'd felt walking through the store alone. Had it been following me, stalking me throughout the aisles? How close was it then, lingering silently, just out of sight? If I hadn't gotten lucky, if I hadn't seen the lights click on when I did... I don't know what it could have done. The ringing stopped as an automated voice chimed up that had reached voicemail. I wanted to curse and shouted him for not picking up, but for all the anger I felt, the terror and panic swallowed it up as I realized my battery had dropped to one percent and was flashing red as the screen was dimming down to barely visible. I hit redial on the recent calls list, hoping and pleading, Pick up, pick up, please pick up. I whispered frantically into the phone as my eyes shot around the room for a charger, an outlet, a forgotten cell phone, something, anything to get help. The ringing stopped, and for a second I thought I'd gotten through. Jake, are you there? Hello? I was shouting into the phone in a panic. 
Hello? Are you there? Silence. I stared down at my phone to see the screen had gone black. I had never gotten through before the battery died. I slumped to the floor, still staring at the screen. I wanted to cry. My body ached from all the stress, and my head was pounding. I just wanted to go home and forget any of this ever happened. And I almost did cry. I could feel the tears sting my eyes, and my heart climbing up my throat to choke me as the silence filled the air. And that's when I heard it. A sound like a squeaky wheel, or the wheezing sound you might hear when you let the air out of a balloon just right. That sound slipped under the door and stretched across the room like a haunting reminder of what was waiting just outside. I'd nearly forgotten in all my frustration what I was so afraid of. The sound broke occasionally and twisted on itself. Wheezing turned into a crackled sort of vocalization as it folded and stretched. I could hear it, pressed up against the base of the door now. I shuddered at the twisted-up assimilation of speech digging into my ears. I tried covering them with my hands, but it was practically useless against that unnatural thing. It wheezed to the crack under the door as the frame creaked against its weight. No! I screamed back, out of fear or frustration I still don't know. But as the sound left my mouth, I regretted it immediately. It said back, more clearly than before, in a voice that began to sound a bit more human. I scrunched myself up tightly around my knees, pressing my hands to my ears. This was insane. This couldn't really be happening, I thought. It shouted as a bang at the door. This couldn't be happening. I must have fallen asleep while counting the drawers. I must be asleep in the office. I'll wake up any minute now and go home. I told myself all of these things and more in my head over and over, just trying to keep my minds together as that uncanny voice on the other side of the door began sounding more and more like my own, but wrong, so wrong and off that it couldn't possibly be a proper mimicry. Clearly this time, it came through the door. I felt my breath stop at this. The silence hung in the air thick like molasses as the sweat cooled on the back of my neck. My own voice was coming through the door, clearer with each syllable. A sort of scratching noise ran across the base of the door, agonizingly slow followed by a loud inhale of air, pulling the dust from the floor to dance. No, you are there, it said matter-of-factly. I was frozen there on the floor after this, silence hanging in the air, the beast outside the door, me trapped inside, no way of calling for help, and the certainty that it not only knew I was here, but it was smart, and seeming to learn me each second, how long until the door gave way, or it figured out some way to break the lock? How long until it got to me? How long until I went mad staring at that door? <sighs> Something solid thumped against the door, shooting pain through my already stiff body. Hello? 
It slammed again, harder, as trailing sounds of tumbling limbs followed. Hello? It seemed to begin barreling at the door over and over as the slamming began again in earnest. Hello, hello, hello. You are there. You are there. A ruckus, rolling sound of scraping, thudding, and screeching beat against the door as I pushed myself as far back under the table as I could, pulling my legs tightly up to my chest. I'm not sure how much time passed like that. I sat there, staring at the door in silent terror, watching dust fall from the frame, knowing any second might be my last. The sounds echoed across the walls and swallowed me up. Somewhere underneath it all, I could faintly hear the poppy music being swallowed up by the monstrous groans and screams. It wasn't until the following morning when the door finally did click open. After all that time frozen with terror, I was too shocked to do anything as the door easily slid open. I stared at the door handle for what felt like eternity as it did, feeling almost betrayed that it would open so easily to leave me to that beast. But as the light of the hall came in and my heart was ready to explode, I saw him. Jake, the opening manager. He stumbled a bit as he made eye contact with me. What the hell? What are you doing in there? He stood in the doorway, staring at me, but I couldn't think of anything to say. I couldn't even bring myself to move from that spot under the table. I was too afraid to even take my eyes off of him. At the off chance that it wasn't really Jake at all, but some monster in disguise. He tried to approach, but I pushed back against the wall. Whoa, are you okay? What's going on? He crouched down by the door and I could see behind him the morning lights coming through the hallway. What? What time is it? I asked, not realizing until that moment how dry and sore my throat had been. He told me it was 7 a.m. and that he was getting ready to open the store. He looked over the tills and money left on the table from the night before with a worried look. After that, he kept prodding me for what happened the night before, but I couldn't find the words to describe the events, or even know if I wanted to. I've been working at this location for almost four years, and never had I experienced anything like that before. As I struggled to get up from the floor, and think of how to make him understand what really happened, I looked up at the monitor again. The camera feed buzzed across the screen as our morning cashier walked up the aisle with her coffee in hand. I could see the morning light dimly through the low-res feed. If only it had been recording the night before. I looked down at my dead phone, feeling numb and cold after the restless night. I think, I said, around my dried-out tongue, I think I need to take some time off. He sighed shakily and gave me a hand above the concrete floor. You think? He gave me a half-smirk but I could still see the worry in his eyes as he tried to play it off. Go home and get some rest. Just give us a call when you're feeling better, okay? After that night, I slept for what felt like three days, unsure how to handle the thing I'd seen that night. I took two weeks off from work and tried to take my mind off of the event. None of my co-workers really questioned me about what happened when I got back but I could see by the way their eyes followed me that they wanted to. It was definitely suspicious how I was found that morning, but nothing was missing, and no one seemed to want to upset me by asking about what happened. For that, I was thankful.
It took me a long time to feel comfortable enough to even come back to work at all. I still work there to this day, and I've never had another incident. But from that point on, I never stayed in the store alone again. And every time someone asks to silence the store music, I feel a cold chill run down my spine. I've never told anyone what happened that night, and I didn't think I ever would. Until now. <laughs>